Welcome to Between the Headphones, a Georgia football podcast. I'm Stuart Steele, the sports editor at the Red and Black, and your host for this podcast series. Each week, the Red and Black football beat will look back on the previous week's game and preview the matchup for next week. In this episode, I'll speak to football beat writer John James about Georgia's 33-0 win against Samford and preview the Georgia-South Carolina game with football beat writer Meadow Barrow. Welcome to the show, John. Thanks for having me, Stuart. Yeah, so I wanted to lead off with kind of the hot topic coming out of that Samford game, which is Georgia's struggles in the uh, red zone on offense. Um, What were your thoughts on that, and do you think it's kind of a problem that'll persist, or was it maybe a one-game blip? I think it's a little overblown. I mean, they had eight attempts in the red zone, which is a lot for any single game. Um, But I do have a few concerns. Uh, The offensive line wasn't extremely dominant as you would want them to be over an FCS opponent, and that caused the run game to struggle a little bit when they got within 20 yards of the end zone. If I had to bet, I would uh, assume that Georgia fixes that problem, but it is something to monitor going forward. Yeah, I would agree. I think, you know, that first game against Oregon put expectations at such a high level for the offense that really anything they did against Samford, especially considering the drop-off an opponent, was going to be a little bit worse. Um, red zone stuff is definitely a concern, and I agree with you on the offensive line. That's my top concern from the first two weeks in general. But um, I just think Georgia's weapons are too good, and there's too many of them for this to be a consistent problem. I mean, Bowers had one that went off his hands. Darnell had one he couldn't quite reel in because Stetson threw it high there were a lot of those little things and A.D. Mitchell missing I think hurt a little bit as well but I think it was concerning because of the talent disparity between the two teams but Georgia will figure it out as they go through the season and it's still early in the season I think going back to that Oregon game again it made people think that everything was just cleaned up and everything was roses for the offense whereas there's going to be growing pains at points and this was one of them. And then so speaking a little bit more about this game, one of the things that stood out to me was post-game Kirby Smart was not happy with his team's performance. I mean, to me, that's just a thing where the standard for this team is so high, and I think that's good for a program like this to have that high bar. But what are your thoughts on Kirby's comments after the game? I don't think it's that the team let down the standard. Um, In media availabilities, all the players talk about the standard a whole lot, and their understanding of the standard is just showing up every day and giving it their all in every drive, and every possession, and every snap, and every game. They just have to give it 100%. And I think they did that against Sanford. I just think their execution was off at times. I think that's a fair interpretation of the standard, and I, I do think that it is an execution thing. I mean, defensively, for sure, execution was there, and effort was certainly there for the defense as well. But um, as far as the offense, I think there were just a few times where things were off. Stetson missed high a couple times, like you said, the offensive line unable to block, and I think uh, Kirby likes to keep things in perspective for this team and doesn't like to think ahead, doesn't like to contemplate the future, really. I mean, it's a game-to-game proposition, so I think he'll have them ready for South Carolina. So I wanted to speak a little more about the defense's performance. Obviously, they shut Sanford out, and it was an impressive look for the defense as they transitioned to this new year. I mean, what did you see out of that unit, and were there any players that stood out in particular? The thing that stood out to me the most from that game was the defensive line really made its presence felt in a way that it didn't against Oregon. Oregon was throwing a lot of quick passes to try to scheme the defensive line out of the game, and it didn't turn out well for them. But against Samford, the defensive line really dictated how much uh, Samford could do, and the result was very little. Um, As far as players that stood out, I thought Tyke Smith really made an impact on this game. 
he got more playing time than he had in, against Oregon. Uh, and that's really a result of Kirby having to determine which players are getting minutes on that back defensive back rotation, which uh, in this game it was Malachi Starks who had his minutes cut a little bit. I think that was partially a result of knowing the opponent. I know we were just talking about Kirby doesn't like to do things like this, but I do think he lets it happen a little bit where Tyke Smith's coming back from an injury. This is a good chance to get him back in the rotation a little bit in kind of a low-pressure situation. He didn't play very much against Oregon, for for instance. So I think it was good to see Tyke back out there, and that just goes to the depth of that kind of safety star kind of room. I think that is a, a position of depth for Georgia on the defense, whereas like linebacker isn't necessarily. But that was kind of the standout group to me was those linebackers, just Dumas Johnson and Mon- Munden were both really good. I thought they fit into the defense really well. Uh, Dumas Johnson had a blitz that I really liked. What I saw on it reminded me of how N'Kobe Dean used to look, and Munden was the lead tackler for the team, so I think that's a good sign as well. So going back to players that stood out, mine was Jalen Carter. I thought coming into the season he was seen as kind of the alpha on this Georgia defense as the top player, and I think he showed it on Saturday. Like you were saying about the offensive line, you want to see dominance out of Georgia players against this Samford front, and Jalen Carter was just I mean, killing them pretty much every play he was on the field. Either he was double teamed or he was getting off the block immediately and wreaking havoc. And I think that's a great sign for Georgia going forward as they start to play against some tougher opponents. So Georgia was ranked number one in the AP poll this week after Alabama nearly lost to Texas. What are your thoughts on that ranking for Georgia? And do you think that has any real impact on the team from the inside? Well, when you look at the top-tier teams in the AP poll, Georgia was the obvious choice. I mean, Alabama's number two, and they barely escaped Texas's backup quarterback. Ohio State's the next team, and they barely escaped Notre Dame, who just lost to an unranked team. Michigan's after that, and Georgia has great history against Michigan, and Michigan got worse this year. So I think Georgia is the clear favorite for number one. I don't think you'll see a change from Georgia in terms of performance based on that number one speed. Um, I think Kirby really instills that standard into his players because they talk about it anytime you give them a chance. So I think, if anything, they'll take it as a challenge to continue to maintain their level of high performance that we expect from them. I mean, I agree with you on both points. I thought it was slightly interesting that Georgia jumped Bama in a game where I think you and I would agree we came out with a lot more questions about Georgia than we had after the Oregon game, just because it was such a dominant performance against Oregon. But, I mean, it's just kind of a thing where Georgia's the only team that hasn't had this huge letdown game yet, even though Alabama kind of avoided the loss. Ohio State also beat Notre Dame, which now looks like kind of a unimpressive win and offensively didn't look as explosive as we thought they would coming into the season. So Georgia is just kind of the number one team right now by nature of having the most consistent performances? I think at at that top tier, it's all about questions. And you have the fewest questions about Georgia just because of the schedule that they've played and the way they've defeated the teams they've defeated. I agree. I think Alabama will bounce back from this and we'll be having a debate about Georgia or Alabama being number one down the line. I don't really see Alabama losing to anyone on their schedule, honestly. I mean, I thought this was a good opportunity for Texas to put Alabama in an interesting spot. It's always interesting when Bama loses one early because it just shifts the landscape for the rest of the season because before every season, everyone pencils them in for one of those four college football playoff spots. 
I don't think Alabama should be very worried. I mean, relatively, their biggest their biggest competitor is Texas A&M, and Texas A&M just dropped the game to App State, unranked App State. That's got to be a real shot to the confidence for them. Alabama's schedule isn't easy, per se, but I think they, they should be feeling confident going forward in the season. I agree. I mean, I think A&M's a better team than they showed on Saturday, obviously, but the one team I would watch out for if I was Alabama is Arkansas and um, Sam Pittman, who's obviously done an awesome job in his time with Arkansas. I think K.J. Jefferson is such a good athlete, such a good quarterback, and that's the kind of game Alabama can lose is if they get into a shootout. I know Alabama-Texas wasn't a shootout, but traditionally if you can score against Alabama, you can kind of put them in a tough spot, and Arkansas has the horses to do that. Defensively, it would be tough to stop Bryce Young probably for them, but I think they would have the best chance of any of the teams on that Alabama schedule of beating them. All right, John, thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for having me, Stu. Moving on to Georgia's week three matchup with South Carolina, welcome to the show, Meadow Barrow. Thank you for having me. Yeah, so one of the big topics about South Carolina this season in general and heading into this game is quarterback Spencer Rattler, who was at Oklahoma for a couple seasons before this, was initially seen as kind of a top talent at quarterback before being beat out by Caleb Williams last year and having to transfer into South Carolina. I wanted to ask you what you think of Spencer Rattler. He's kind of a controversial, a lot of different opinions about him kind of player, um, and what you think he'll do in this game. So Spencer Rattler, he is a six foot one quarterback who was previously a five-star recruit coming out of Phoenix, Arizona. He started out his college career at Oklahoma, where you know he had a huge freshman year in 2020, playing in 11 games and had 28 touchdowns. And also in that same season, he uh, led Oklahoma to their sixth conference um, title and also a Cotton Bowl victory over Florida. So, you know, he had a pretty good time at Oklahoma, but then he wanted to transfer to South Carolina in December of last year after losing the starting quarterback to Caleb Williams, who also transferred to USC in February of last year. So last week in the Gamecocks, 44-30 to loss to Arkansas, he completed most of his passes for 376 yards, and it's clear that he has the arm strength and the accuracy and the athleticism. He's also really good at scrambling the ball, too. He connected on four passes that went for 38 yards or more, and he also seems to have a lot of confidence in Austin Stogner, who's a transfer tight end from Oklahoma, who he previously played with before, and he connected with him five times for 68 yards last week as well. Yeah, so for me, I'm not the biggest fan of Spencer Rattler. I think he's a bit of a boomer bust kind of quarterback game to game, and I think that's why Lincoln Riley went with Caleb Williams last year over him um, midway through the season. I think Rattler has games where he will just kill your team with a couple bad interceptions. He also has games where he can, you know, put up 400 passing yards and four touchdowns and keep your game in, in with a team that maybe is better than your team. Uh, or South Carolina in this case. So that's why I am kind of watching this game for for Georgia as a potential upset thing. I don't think it's going to happen, but if Rattler comes out and plays his best game, I mean, he can play with anyone in college football. So one of the areas I'm watching in this game is Georgia's secondary, which wasn't tested that much against Oregon other than their tackling ability because of the quick passing game the Ducks were using, and then 
against Samford really wasn't tested again because the D-line was getting so much pressure so quickly. What do you think this Georgia secondary is going to look like against a South Carolina offense that has legitimate talent in Josh Van and Austin Stogner, like you said? Do you think they're going to stand up to it? I think Georgia's secondary is going to do pretty good this weekend against South Carolina's receivers. Antoine Wells Jr. was their best receiver against Arkansas last week with 189 yards and eight receptions for one touchdown. He should be a deep threat against Georgia, but I have a lot of faith in Georgia's secondary. Yeah, I I agree. I think Wells is the big threat they have to worry about based on last week, and I do think Georgia's secondary is a better group than Arkansas, but last year I think the one thing is this game against South Carolina in 2021 was one where the secondary was maybe – put into a little bit of a, a question where Josh Van had three catches for 128 and a touchdown against them. There were some questions about susceptibility to deep passes, which didn't really come back up again until the SEC title game when Georgia lost. But I don't foresee that being a major problem again this week. But, I mean, I think if you get Wells on Kamari Lassiter at any point, that could be a tough matchup for Lassiter. I think there are going to be chances for Rattler to take some shots for sure. So moving to the other side of the ball, Georgia's offense against South Carolina's defense. The Gamecocks allowed 44 points against Arkansas last week, which is obviously not a great performance, and Georgia's been off to a great start offensively this season. How do you see that matchup playing out, and should Georgia expect to face very much resistance in this game? So in South Carolina's defense, I definitely feel like injuries did play a huge factor in their loss against Arkansas last week. The team did lose three defensive starters, linebackers Jordan Strawn and Muhammad Kaba and nickelback Cam Smith. Um, even though South Carolina head coach Shane Beamer did say that Cam should be fine with an upper body injury, and he also said that he hopes that he wouldn't be out long term, but he also said that he doesn't have much hope in Jordan and, and Muhammad returning anytime soon. Um, the team also did lose their safety, R.J. Roderick, and junior wide receiver Corey Rucker in the Gamecocks opener against Georgia State. So with all these injuries, I do really think that um, – South Carolina is going to struggle a little bit against Georgia's offense. Yeah, so I see Georgia, this is a big game for their running game to really test itself. Like you were saying, South Carolina is dealing with these injuries. I think it's a good opportunity for Kenny McIntosh and Kendall Milton to really do some damage. Last week for Arkansas, Raheem Sanders had over 150 yards rushing against the Gamecocks, and I think it's going to be a similar thing where Georgia tries to run the ball, you know, 30, 40 times in this game, and if if that doesn't work out, the passing game has been so effective early that I think South Carolina is still going to struggle. So speaking to that offensive performance we're expecting, do you see anybody having a particularly big game, any one individual runner receiver having a, a big outing? I definitely think that um, Lad McConkie is going to have a pretty good game next weekend. Uh, so far this in the season, he's only ha- been targeted six times with 110 yards, so I feel like uh, Stetson's probably going to target him a little bit more in this game. So um, I think Ladd's going to have a pretty good game this weekend. I think Ladd's a good pick with A.D. Mitchell not practicing today. It looks like he may not be able to play, or if he is, he might be a little limited. But for me, I think Bowers. I think Brock Bowers is due for a big game. Obviously, as a freshman, he was George's best receiver, maybe their best overall player. Obviously, that defense had some strong guys. But um I think Bowers is due for either a 100-yard game or a two-touchdown kind of game where he shows his red zone prowess, especially after dropping that one against Samford in the end zone. So speaking to individual performers on defense this week, is there anybody that stands out as a potential big game candidate on that side of the ball? I think Nolan Smith is going to step up a lot in this game. He's definitely one of the older players on this team, um, but he's also been pretty quiet 
um, this season so far. So I think that he's going to show us a little bit about what he's about this weekend. I think that's a good pick. And uh, for me, it's Keely Ringo. I mean, Spencer Rattler, like we were talking about earlier, is pretty frequently good for an interception or two. And Keely's obviously Georgia's top corner at this point. So even though Ringo really hasn't been tested at all this season, in my memory, um, I think he gets a couple passes thrown his way and takes advantage and shows why he's a projected first-round pick in next year's NFL draft. Okay, so last thing, I want to get your pick for the game with a score. Obviously, you'll be there covering the game in South Carolina. So how do you see this one shaking out? Yeah, I'm really excited to go down to South Carolina this weekend, but I definitely don't think that there's going to be an upset in Columbia over the number one team in college football right now. So I'm going to say 33-14 to 14 Georgia. I definitely think that Spencer's going to get a touchdown or two just based off of, just based off of how accurate he's been so far. So um, that's my pick. I see the game similarly to how you're seeing it. I think I'll go Georgia 38, South Carolina 17. Thanks for coming on the show, Meadow. Of course, dude. Thank you for having me. (laughs) Thanks for listening to Between the Headphones. I'm Stuart Steele. You can find other episodes wherever you get your podcasts and on redandblack.com. For even more Georgia football coverage, visit redandblack.com slash gameday. We'll tee it up between the headphones again next week.